It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We're with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Phone line is open. As Mr. Gene Honda said, 356-9397. If you'd like to join us on this Monday afternoon slash evening, Sports Editor Matt Daniels with us. How you doing, Matthew? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Busy enough for you these days? It's a good busy. It is. We went uh, for so long there in the spring and summer without sports that it, uh, it feels good to... Have a full slate going on with uh, actual games, and then we can cover and, and react. And uh, busy, another busy week for the Illini uh, on both men's basketball and, and football. Basketball beat writer Scott Ritchie here as well. The new AP poll is out today, out to earlier today. Illinois dropped only one spot from five to six, so it's still a battle of uh, top ten teams coming up tomorrow night down in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Yeah, and. Duke also dropped in the in the latest poll um, four spots and just held on to number 10 uh, after their home loss to Michigan State in the Champions Classic. But yeah, Illinois-Duke was you know, considered the, the best game of the Big Ten ACC Challenge when the schedule came out, and you know, that, that hasn't changed. I'll tell you what, guys, it's kind of hard to keep up with the games that are canceled <laughs> slash postponed. Yeah, it's you need a spreadsheet for that. Yeah, well, I'm going to count on someone else to do that for <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this goes really inside baseball here, but the the TV uh, sports calendar we run every day in the the paper. Any complaints, feel free to lodge them at me because I'm the one that does it. Yeah. Uh, but just trying to keep track of all the canceled and postponed games is quite the quite the chore, especially in college basketball. College football, it's a little easier. They're a little spread out, and you start hearing about them. Earlier in the week, but college basketball games just kind of seem to change, you know, on the dime. Bob Osmussen with us as usual tonight. He's on the telephone. Robert, how are you? I'm good. How about you guys? We're doing good. Explain to me something in the, as I look at the Big Ten standings in football now. There are ten Big Ten teams with two victories each. Only four teams have more than two victories. Is that? Uh, you call that parody? You call that the Big Ten's not as good as they once were? You call that part of playing nothing but a Big Ten schedule? That's certainly part of it, but it's kind of interesting when you look at the standings. That's a big part of it. I think I, I started looking through last week for bowl teams, guaranteed bowl teams, and really, it's really just three or four teams are for sure. Everybody else is kind of crapshoot, and it, a lot depends on what happens next week in that in that uh, bonus round that we don't know anything about. The super secret bonus round. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're never going to tell us who's actually playing. I think teams just show up at a certain site, wherever that may be. I did hear it today, actually, uh, something that makes some sense is that potentially those games will be played like as doubleheaders at domes. So 
St. Louis would be a site for two games. Indy would obviously one or two games there, and then maybe uh, trying to think who else they could play. Uh, Detroit, Detroit potentially Minneapolis potentially wherever that you know wherever they want to go, uh, but they can have some flexibility. But I think the idea of two games in a day kind of makes sense. Why not? Right? Or just play them on campus sites, but that would that work too. But I I have a feeling Illinois is going to St. Louis to play somebody. It's my guess. Maybe Michigan, maybe Michigan State. Maybe we'll maybe, know. Maybe we'll I, know next Monday. Yeah, uh, maybe, probably not. They'll <laughs> just say, "Still, everybody show up next Saturday." So we'll see who plays who. Draw hats. Draw names out of hats. Okay. Hey, Illinois. Guess what? You get Michigan. You know that'd be kind of fun too. Well, you've had a little. Let, let uh, sorry, I was going to say, let uh, what's his face from me, uh, Big Ten and Mark never could do it. Andy Katz, let him pull him out of that. Why not? Now, he flipped a coin once. He's, we don't need him doing much more than that. John, no, no more coin. No more handicaps and making any decision about anything. How about that? You um, were at the game Saturday, the Iowa game, in which Illinois jumped ahead to fourteen to nothing in that ball game. Still led at halftime fourteen to thirteen, but uh, Iowa figured things out in, in, the, in the second half. Where does Illinois go from here with uh, two games left on the schedule, at least two? Maybe just two. We'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, they, they took some hits uh, injury-wise in that ball game as well. Oh yeah, I think the defense is really beat up. They lost some guys that probably won't be playing on Saturday. So I think that that side of the ball is going to be very depleted. And the offense will get some guys back. I think Mike Epstein is definitely going to play. Levy Smith said it after the game. Said it again today. So that'll help. But they, they if the defense is not all there. Here's a weird th- deal because Northwestern is clearly the strength of their team as their defense, right? It's great. I think Illinois will have trouble moving the ball, but Northwestern's weakness is, would be offense against Illinois' defenses could be down by several guys. I think they have three linebackers that are on scholarship. So there's kind of you know strength against strength and weakness against weakness that they game on Saturday. But I think Northwestern is a lot more strength than Illinois has got going right now. Yeah, I mean the, the the game against Iowa was it was great to see the Illini offense really kind of get it in gear in, in the first quarter and get off to a strong start and, and carry over their performance that they had at Nebraska two weeks ago. But it just kind of seemed by halftime, especially after Lovey Smith used all three of his timeouts to try to ice Keith Duncan for a twenty-one or twenty-two yard field goal before halftime. But it just seemed kind of inevitable that the Hawkeyes were going to pull away in, in the second half and. That's what happened, and, and yes, the Illinois defense was depleted with some, some injuries, but the Iowa offense really took advantage of what the Illinois defense gives, and that's the middle of the field. And uh, Iowa rode that all the way to a, a rather convincing win. I mean, it really wasn't a – I know the score was two touchdowns at the end there, but it was a late touchdown by Illinois. And uh, Interesting to see Brandon Peters get pulled there in the fourth quarter, especially after his strong start. And uh, I have to think he'll start Saturday at, at Northwestern, but I, I think he might have a quicker hook if he doesn't play well right away. And, and you might see some Isaiah Williams in there during meaningful snaps, possibly. On Saturday. What do you think about that, Bob? I think I think Brandon Peters is definitely going to start. There's no question. There's not. There's not even a possibility at all, unless somebody got hurt. Unless he got hurt. But I think Isaiah Williams, I think they'll, I don't think it'd be more of a hook. I think it'll be more of a supplement the offense with him. So maybe put him in there for a series fairly early 
give them give Northwestern a taste of that, see if they can handle it, and maybe they would can't. You know, that's a different kind of guy. Brendan Peterson and Isaiah Williams are much different styles of quarterback. And that may be a problem for for Pat Fitzgerald. I'm not sure they'll be, but it could be. So you maybe test them, see what they can do with it. And if if Isaiah comes in there and has has a couple, you know, first down or two or three, puts together drive, scores a field goal, whatever, then you come back to me in the second half if things get a little going the other way. So I, I think it's nice to have an option. I don't. I think honestly, I think the best way to beat Northwestern though is with a passing quarterback because I think I think they're really good against the run. So I think a passing quarterback has a better chance. And uh, unfortunately, Isaiah Williams at this point cannot throw the ball well enough to sustain drive after drive after drive. Maybe next year he can do it, maybe two years down the road, or maybe he's better as a flanker. I don't know. But right now, he he can't do it for a full game, I don't think. Lovey Smith, as he does on Mondays, met with the media. Here are a few of his comments. No matter what level of football you play, uh, there's a team uh, that you want to beat a little bit more than everybody else. That's definitely the case this week. As we finish up against Iowa, um, if you watch the video, I mean, we saw what happened during the time. We had a big lead, didn't finish the way we would like to. We see things in our program that we're doing that will eventually get us over the hump, though. We're gaining, but we got to be able to finish it. Perfect time this week to do that. Land of Lincoln Trophy, of course, has been up north for too long. Our guys will be pumped up and ready to go, and uh, we're playing on playing our best game we've played all year. Yeah, that Land of Lincoln Trophy has been in the uh, trophy case in Evanston for five straight years now, uh, Matthew. And it seems like, and I've, and Bob has been around almost as long as I have covering uh, Illinois football. And it seems to me just you could almost go to the bank on the fact that Northwestern is going to be more ready to play this game than Illinois. I'm not sure why that is, but it just seems to be the case. Yeah, and, and credit. Every time, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Bob. Well, every, every time they played in the 30-plus years I've seen them play against it, you know, the Northwestern is always better prepared. Even in the years where it's clear Illinois is the dominant team, uh, Steve, you go back to 2001, that Illinois team was a lot better than that Northwestern team. It, yeah, that game could have been, Northwestern could have won the game, which was a fourth Big Ten title, with a long touchdown pass late in the game. So I think they're always more prepared. And Pat Fitzgerald, I promise, before the year, he says, you know, he says a lot of things, but he says the main thing is we're going to beat Illinois. That's his big deal. So I think they take it much more seriously than Illinois ever has. And maybe that makes, used to make sense. doesn't make any sense now. That should be a game Illinois gives up for all the time. Well, I think, too, it's it's a rivalry just in the sense of a geographic rival. It's it's not a, you know, big heated rivalry between the, the two schools. They've both had stretches of success at times, but for the most part, it's it's been some mediocre subpar football and uh you know it's weird the fact that the last time illinois beat the wildcats tim beckman was the coach at illinois uh when they won at the end of the 2014 season to clinch a bull berth and, and since then bill cubit and lovey smith have, have failed to to knock off northwestern and i, I know lovey smith has to say that about northwestern being the rival and, and things like that but it just it it never has really felt like a true rivalry in in that sense and uh, Northwestern, it'll be interesting to see what they'll be like since they've already clinched the spot in the Big Ten championship game and 
Going back to the quarterback situation in Illinois, too, I'm always intrigued by what that would do for a quarterback. Say Brandon Peters starts the game, but then Isaiah Williams comes in for a series or two, just what that does for uh, Peters' confidence. And then, you know, if he feels like he if he makes one mistake, he may have to come out of the game at all. And I think if you just – who knows what's going to happen on, on Saturday. But Peters, to me, like you said, Bob, seems to give them the best chance to move the football at times. But, uh, again – that's for Rod Smith and Lovey Smith to figure out, and that's what they get paid to do. There was a time that this series was lopsided, mm-hmm. lopsided to Illinois. Now it's within two games. This will be the 114th meeting. Illinois still leads 55-53. to 53. There were five ties along the way, but uh, Northwestern has won the last five. Well, and you think back to last year, too, with Illinois, and, and they had such a great stretch there for that four game win streak last season and, and you know culminating in, in winning at Michigan State in improbable fashion to clinch a bull berth and then they, they lost a hard fought game at Iowa the following week which I think everyone kind of expected to possibly happen and, but then they had just a huge letdown against Northwestern last season and in, in the regular season finale here in Champaign and uh, you have to wonder how much of an effect that had going into bowl preparation and maybe what effect that had you know in in this season uh but yeah just for some reason illinois northwestern it just it always lately at least uh it really seems to favor favor pat fitzgerald wildcats hey bob i um understand that michigan has been given the go-ahead to uh, resume workouts so we we'll, don't know what that means as far as the rest of the week goes but where are you standing on the ohio state situation now they got that game in and got a big win over michigan state saturday so they've got five games in five victories how are you feeling about them you know making it uh, or at least qualifying for the uh, big 10 title game oh i think they're definitely in there they, they look great saturday I, uh, they couldn't do anything wrong against michigan state especially early took it came in i think they were mad they were missing a bunch of guys and still played great so to me they're clearly one of the best four teams in the country they should be in the playoff i mean they should be in the big 10 title game of course they should also be in the playoff. Uh, I think I had them a number, number three this week. Didn't even think about moving down because Clemson and them, to me, they're kind of, right now, they're kind of the same except Clemson's lost. So right. I, I don't have as much, I don't value them as much as, I think Ohio State, look at the personnel. They're just, to me, player by player, they're, they're good enough if, if they play well to beat Alabama. They're good enough if they play well, surely to beat Notre Dame. And I think they can beat anybody in the country if they're all together. But if they're missing twenty guys, they're missing twenty guys on Saturday. They kill, still killed Michigan State. So to me, it's not even close. They're certainly one of the best, probably two teams in the country. Next with Alabama is really good, but other than them, I think Ohio State really should be number two. Yeah, they were without just about their all their whole offensive line starters, mm-hmm. but they they did yeah, well. well. One other football note, Scott. Stay with us here on this. <laughs> I'm I'm here, just just well, listening to Bob break it down. We're gonna we're gonna break down some basketball with Scott after this. But what in the wide world of sports is going on in Chicago? I asked you that question before. I just asked it a different way. We're, we're asking about the you, Bears. Scott. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're still playing. Yes, they are. <laughs> they, oh. Except for the last three minutes of the game yesterday, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, didn't watch. Haven't watched in <laughs> six weeks now. I mean, essentially since they started losing, which I just had that feeling was going to happen. Bandwagon uh, fan. I just, I'm just tired of being miserable on Sundays. <laughs> no, but it, 
it's clear that uh, it's what they're doing now doesn't work. I mean, it, the offense has put the defense on an island for see. I mean, this that's essentially just the Bears. I mean, the offense is no good. Mitch Trubisky's no good. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy's no good. Ryan Pace is no good. I think I Other believe I believe there will be <laughs> wow. a cleaning of house in the off season for the Bears and. What does that do for them, though? I mean, nothing. <laughs> I mean, probably. I mean, they've they've Kicking done this. Kicking the can further down the road. Yeah, they've done this before. I mean, I mean, Matt Nagy was the toast of the town two years ago. Yeah, and then I mean, I've never seen someone regress so quickly as a play caller and with essentially the same offense. And you know whose name is popping up? Pat Fitzgerald. What do you think about that, Bob? No, he's not doing that. He he has got the best situation other than Saban, who's got a they pay him a fortune. He has, they build him a house. Other than him, I think Pat Fitzgerald has one of the best situations in the, in the country in terms of livability, you know, how much the expectations are great there, but not as great as sure. uh, coach with the Bears. Now, to me, it makes no sense for him to do that. He may want to do that maybe five, six years from now. He's a young guy still. We don't, we forget that. He could do this later in life, but I think he's got some more things to do with Northwestern. So I don't, if they, they could try to hire him, that would be smart on their part, but I don't, I can't see him doing that. There's no way. Well, Why would he go to the Bears? I think everybody's got a dream job and not, right. you know, an opportunity at your to get your dream job doesn't come along very often. I'm not saying the Bears are going to offer the job to him, but I know that he's a He's a huge Bears fan. He grew mm-hmm. up there. He wouldn't have to move. Yeah. There's a lot of things that he would make him want to think about it a little bit anyway. Well, safe bet is the job comes open again when he's still true. You know, willing true. and able to and take And safe it. bet, too, if yeah. he were to take the job, then he after he inevitably gets fired from the Bears, he could then just go back to coaching <laughs> Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, because they would, op- they, yeah, they they would welcome, him, welcome him back. Yeah. Whoever would be there would just be Rick Rentery it out at, at Northwestern. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's wow. precedence. In the Chicago, the greater exactly. Chicago area. That's true. It is uh, 529 Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. The phone line is open if you want to jump in. The Illinois Coaches Show coming up tonight at 7. Lovey Smith and Brad Underwood. So you can hear more from Lovey and also uh, Brad Underwood. We've got a couple of Brad Underwood comments coming up for you uh, as it pertains to last week's game and the game tomorrow night against Duke. Stay with us. Monday Night Sports Talk with you right here. On DWS. 5.32, the show is Monday Night Sports Talk. The participants are Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, and yours truly, Steve Kelly. And we're with you until 6 o'clock, as always, on Monday nights, 356-9397. Some uh, news notes of uh, this particular Monday. Adam Wainwright wins the Roberto Clemente Award, Major League Baseball. I'm not sure there's a... Uh, a bigger award that you can get for your, what you do on the field and, more importantly, off the field as well. Now. Yeah, he's been such a key contributor um, with his organization. That's escaping my mind right now, the the name of the, the, the project that he's associated with. But uh, he's such a, a humanitarian off the field and, and kind of epitomizes what the Roberto Clemente Award is is all about. And, and he knows that he's the the platform he has as a starting pitcher in, in Major League Baseball and, and one with a franchise like the Cardinals presents itself and then he chooses to help out others for the greater good and, and that's a it's a long time coming for him and, and just a, a nice kind of capstone on, on you know his, his career which 
hopefully is in a Cardinals uniform in 2021, but uh, we'll see. I think it will be, but uh, I agree with you. I, I think most Cardinal fans hope it will be. One other baseball note, Dick Allen has passed away at the age of 78. He used to be known as Richie Allen, but uh, Dick Allen played for the, most of his career for the Phillies, also had a stop at, with the White Sox and with the Cardinals. I had that iconic Sports Illustrated cover of him standing in the dugout smoking a cigarette. I think <laughs> what a lot of people remember him for, but a uh, great hitter and uh, you know another another one gone too soon in, in 2020 for as far as former baseball standouts. Yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's too bad they couldn't have gotten it done a little sooner. He was mm-hmm. 78 years old. Another millionaires, Scott Ritchie, not coming to you, but coming uh, <laughs> Shoot. to the... I don't U- think Scott would be here right now. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not sure any of us I mean, would. I mean, a million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to, but yeah, I'd be like yeah. speeding out the door. And we'd be right behind you. Filing my retirement papers. Where, where are we going, Scott? <laughs> uh, but for the Ubbin basketball project. Yeah, so, so they'll get the money instead, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the million dollars from Brian and Patty Ingram uh, as a... 86 Illinois grad Brian Ingram is and uh, puts I think most notably puts Illinois at 22 of the 35 million dollar goal set for the the Ubbin renovations which will well uh, started or slated to start um, in the spring you know this coming spring and you know maybe by the time it's done we'll be allowed back in fingers crossed but um, you'd have to think too if you're Brad Underwood you you want people to come in and experience what Ubbin is like, and, yeah. and, oh, and mainly mainly 15- to 17-year-old high school recruits to get them in, in the building and to see what it's like. Yeah, so going to have to have some, some changes come from when it comes to recruiting there because uh, the dead period is, is ongoing. And it's and through, what, mid-April? Yeah, through the final four. Um, so <laughs> it's okay that Ubbin yeah, hasn't been renovated yet because nobody can get inside. But, I mean, it's – I guess we talked the last time there was a – I think that was a six-figure donation mm-hmm. – as we qualify giant sums of money going to the renovations. Uh, a ne- I guess needed in terms of, I mean, need is a, a stretch in some ways, but in terms of the facilities arms race, Illinois was number one when Ubbin first right. opened uh, in the, the late 90s. And <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, uh, but everyone else caught up quickly, you know, and has spent money, you know, with these practice facilities. So, yeah. Ubbin will increase by, I mean, in terms of square footage, essentially double in size. I think forty thousand more square feet. You know, each men, each side for men's and women's basketball will get another half court in addition to the full court they have, so they can run some drills while maybe a five on five action's going as well. Um, and then obviously all the new any new bell and or whistle in terms of just you know, player lounge or nap room. I, I don't know that a nap room is on there. Um, like Clemson football's got one. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's my favorite. Yeah, but it's kind of uh, like buying a new car. As soon as you drive it off the showroom floor, it starts to depreciate. The first time <laughs> someone naps in the, the lounge, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's depreciated. In case you missed it earlier today, the um, week three AP top twenty-five came out. Gonzaga number one, Baylor two, Iowa three. That stayed the same. Michigan State up to number four at four and zero. Oh. Kansas and Illinois kind of flip-flopped. Kansas is number five. Illinois is six. Houston, Creighton, Villanova, Duke round out the top ten. Six Big Ten teams, in addition to the three I mentioned there. Wisconsin is number 13, tied with Texas. Rutgers is 21st, and Ohio State is 22nd. 
you know, these non-league games are fine. I I like a lot of non-league basketball but games, but I think more so this year I'll be glad when the Big Ten play starts. I, I got a better feeling that we might get through that <laughs> a little better than what we've seen. What, more than 50 games have been canceled so far? Yeah, postponed. There, were, there were a ton on Saturday. Yeah, half of that number. Yeah, I think when, you know, Brad Underwood has said it now last Friday and then again today where – and previous to the last few days where you know, he advocated for a Big Ten-only mm-hmm. schedule mm-hmm. because all of the teams would be following the same protocols and it would, there wouldn't, maybe wouldn't be you know, any issues. And you could have played a full round round, a double full mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. round round and everyone play 26. Yeah. 26. So mm-hmm. you'd be a game shy. So 26 in Missouri or whatever. I mean, so in terms of you know, the schedule, but if you look at, you know, how many different conferences have had teams, you know, in a two-week or whatever pause, you know, Big Ten has not had that. The Pac-12 has not had that, and they're the two conferences that are testing every single day. And right. testing is not a fail I mean, it's not foolproof, but I think it it certainly helps where every single day Illinois is Illinois is testing twice a day because they've got the universities um, – PCR test, and then they also have the antigen test supplied by the Big Ten. So they're doing as much as they can to kind of lock things up, and we'll see if you know these last this last week of the non-conference schedule if we can get through it. Well, with the Tennessee Martin game getting canceled on uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. or actually before Saturday, mm-hmm. but it was a Saturday night game. Brad Underwood did kick the tires at least on maybe trying to get a replacement game. That's awful hard to do, though, in this situation because you got to be careful who you're talking to, for one thing, and, and what their testing procedure is. Yeah, because Underwood said this morning that they sort of touched base with UConn about mm-hmm. a game this weekend, and um, he was very thankful that it didn't work out <laughs> because UConn <laughs> just had some positive tests in their program and are on a pause. And I guess he also reached out to Baylor's like, hey, you want to play again? I want to play again. <laughs> uh, and it, it would have been in Champaign, but I mean, I would have gone. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying I wouldn't have, but it's just an interesting thing where you, you play, you know, Baylor again a few days after you know, they beat you by 13. But oh, you're going to see that a lot in the in some of the mid major and low major conferences where they're going to play games Friday, Saturday yeah. against the same. Yeah. same well, in Minnesota, Minnesota played, played Loyola Marymount, you know, back to back then. Or, well, two two times in three days, yeah. uh, right after Thanksgiving. And so the whole yeah. Horizon League is scheduled that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, Missouri Valley will do that. Yeah, yeah it's it's just uh, it, again going back to I think in terms of college basketball as a whole. Sure, I guess it's good that you can get some marquee non conference games in, like Duke, Illinois, and, and Illinois, Missouri, and have the Bragging Rights game go on, even though it doesn't feel. Like it's going to be the Bragging Rights game because it's not right before Christmas and it's not going to be in St. Louis in front of a. Well, there's going to be no one. Yeah, there's going to be no one there. Um, but going back to, I mean, what good does it do Illinois besides, I guess, gain some confidence for some of the younger guys to to beat up on teams like Chicago State and I'm already blanking on who they beat in the season opener. North Carolina, North Carolina A&T. <laughs> Sorry, no offense, Aggies. Um, but again, it, yeah, it boosts wins on on Illinois' uh, ledger. But the true test of their season is going to come down to what happens in, in Big Ten play. And I think you can make a compelling argument if you would have played a 26-game Big Ten schedule and you finish, heck, 14 and 12, you're still deserving of getting into NCAA tournament because you survived that gauntlet of a of a schedule against Big Ten teams. I'll say if they did the 26-game Big Ten schedule, uh, 
eight teams might have been 14 and 12. I mean, yeah, that might have the, been the eight co-champions. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck on the tiebreaker. Yeah, well, there is no tiebreaker at that point. It's like you all get one eighth of this yeah. of this banner. No, it's Andy Katz left a coin. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's contribution for the next half hour. Thank um, you. Well timed, Bob. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, thank you. There's there's these two games this week for Illinois to get through, and then a Big Ten play starts the 15th against Minnesota, and there's one more game they want to schedule, and you know Brad Underwood is hoping that they can do that with Iowa. a Big Ten team. Iowa. Yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah. Speaking of Brad Underwood, he too met uh, with the media a little bit today, talked uh, obviously about the Duke game tomorrow night, but also looked back a little bit on the Baylor loss and one of the bright spots in that game for Illinois was the play of, especially in the first half, of Georgie Bashanasvili. He had a really good game. Georgie's going to have other big games. I think that, you know, he, he did what um, uh, what we needed him to do with Kofi in foul trouble, and, and he, he stepped in and he filled the role. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, we see that every day in practice. Uh, and he got into a great group. You know, there weren't there weren't going to be any substitutions for him. He stayed in and long in a in a longer, uh, in a, maybe in a longer period of time. Uh, and then we also got him a lot of minutes at the four. So uh, that's something that uh, you know we've spent a good amount of time on in practice. Is uh, is is uh, you know here in the last two weeks, three weeks, is getting him slid back over to the four some and playing with Kofi. So we all know that he can score. Uh, we know he's very effective in the post, and and uh, uh, that was exciting to see. More from Brad Underwood coming up. More from Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, and Bob Osmussen as well. On Monday Night Sports Talk, it is moving up on 543, back after this. Five forty-seven Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly with you, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Phone line open, 356-9397 is the number if you'd like to join us. Coming up on the Illinois Coaches Show tonight on the Fighting Illini Sports Network, which includes News Talk 1400, DWS, and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Lovey Smith will be on to talk football. Kawan Garris, Dion Thomas will also be on with Brian Barnhart. little basketball conversation, Brad Underwood Will not be involved tonight. The team is traveling or may be there by now <laughs> to uh, North Carolina for that uh, Duke game coming up tomorrow night. So that uh, show comes up at 7 o'clock tonight right here. And I'm proud. I just can't tell you how proud I am to, to be with <laughs> three Hall of Famers uh-huh. in the, on this particular show. Not because of this show, but <laughs> I'm just happy that uh, they're still talking to me. Tell me more about that, Matthew. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Well, uh, you're the real Hall of Famer in, in our book. You make the show hum every week. I mean, as for instance, tonight Scott and I were working in the newsroom. We looked up and oh, it's five ten. We got to get on the radio. Uh, but the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association uh, recognized the the News Gazette sports staff as one of its three organizations of the year in its annual. Uh, Hall of Fame class uh, that'll be inducted hopefully next spring or early summer, uh, depending on the pandemic. But uh, this goes, uh, the IBCA has had a Hall of Fame for more than 50 years, recognizing players, coaches, mainly on the high school level. uh, But they've also recognized a lot of former Illini greats as well and are doing so as well in this class. They're they're honoring three uh, Final Four teams at Illinois, the 1949 team, 1951, 1952. Uh, But 
here at the News Gazette, uh, you know, I'm super proud and, and pleased that uh, we were named one of three organizations uh, of the year, uh, along with Quincy Media Incorporated and the IHSA, which you would think the IHSA would already be You'd think, yeah. recognized, but this is an award that the IBCA has only been handing out since 2018. Uh, they do three a year, uh, and we're kind of the first non holiday tournament or conference tournament they've recognized uh the centralia holiday tournament uh the pontiac holiday tournament uh those are kind of the the benchmarks for holiday tournaments in high school basketball so uh i think a lot of it had to do too with the fact that we've uh we have the longest running all state teams for high school basketball uh in the state of illinois uh scott ritchie plays a huge part in that so this award mainly should go to him uh because he I'll take it single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just proud to be part of the team. The the last what five six years, he's basically single-handedly uh, conducted and compiled the all-state teams. We just had our 88th boys all-state team um, this past April and 43rd girls all-state team uh, this past April as well, which has uh, player of the year, 15 player first team, 15 player second team, special mention 50, and honorable mention 100, and that's. For all the entire state, no classes, anything like that. So who gets credit? Where does credit go back to to getting those all-state teams started? Uh, Lauren Tate as an infant. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've been only been here. Uh, I've been with the company. I'll be 10 years in, in July and here in Champaign for almost eight. And, uh, you know, Jim Rosso. Uh, they must the, the one must have been born with Lauren Tate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was, <laughs> the same he came time. out of the womb, and, <laughs> and that's what he decided to, to leave his mark on. But no, Lauren was such an instrumental part of of those All-State teams, both in basketball and in football, for, for so many years. So this award isn't it's, – it's a reflection of the entire cumulative uh, body of work that the News Gazette sports section has produced over the decades upon decades, that which predates me and Scott's arrival here in Champaign and – we just try to keep it going each and every day, but uh, you know, really, hum- really happy, uh, super humbled by you know the recognition. The IBCA's uh, this is, they have a banquet every spring where they recognize all the Hall of Fame inductees. They have it at Redbird Arena in Normal, and they honor Mister Mister Basketball and Miss Basketball as well. So it's a big time, uh, big time deal in the state and for a state that has such a huge tradition of of basketball, not only at college level but also high school level. It's it's just a great honor to be be recognized so bob you feeling like a hall of famer well no because i think we should be honored by the football one too okay. i mean um no i'm kidding I'm, get on I, that bob no I, I no i think i think honestly i think most of the credit honestly and matt has done a great job and jim did too but i think i think lauren mm-hmm. honestly deserves most of the credit no i, agree. I, I think that you just probably would have been just as well served naming Lauren. Now he picked football too forever too, so he did both teams and and cover the team and all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Lauren's already in the ABC Hall of Fame, if I memory serves me correctly. Well, that's probably right. So so put it so give him another spot. <laughs> but uh, the the football one, now the football one, I would say he messed it up for a long time because he wouldn't put anybody <laughs> put on it. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Put, uh, I had a great. I've told this guy, these guys this. Uh, Bob Shen, the great coach at UC Lewis, came up to me one time and hit all these juniors that were great football players, but they couldn't be on an all-state team. He said, can the junior win the Heisman Trophy? He said, yes. He said, but he can't be all-state in Illinois. And I was like, he's right. So I, the second I get in there, I change it. I've heard We've that on, on I've heard that story on many a road trips that uh, Bob and yes, I, I know. had the pleasure. I of never taking. understood that when, thing, but anyway, when we used to but take yeah, road I trips, I like all of it. 
So, Bob, yeah, what uh, exactly. what are some of the things you're working on this week uh, heading into the Northwestern game? Well, I did a basketball column. Uh, Matt thought it would be a good idea, and I was listening to him. So that's for tomorrow, and then it's going to be a lot of football the rest of the week. Um, actually, the uh, high school football coaches are having a clinic starting tomorrow night, and I'm going to write something about that for Wednesday. But other, other than that, it'll be football the rest of the week. And uh, Mr. Ritchie, obviously the big week for Illinois basketball with uh, a couple of uh, those marquee games at Duke with no fans, but it's still at Duke. And then the Bragging Rights game Saturday night. You don't want to look, you can't look past Duke to that, but uh, Missouri's looking better than maybe I thought they would at this point, too. Yeah, I mean, Duke is good. <laughs> I probably don't want to <laughs> zoom past that one, but uh, I actually had Missouri on my top 25 ballot this week. Did you? Because, you know, they. They beat Oregon, which Oregon was a ranked team, um, just kind of there in the in the twenties in the last couple of weeks, and you know, that was on a neutral site. And then Missouri got a win at Wichita State, and Wichita State's had its fair share of uh, trouble, you know, this season with Greg Marshall uh, resigning uh, after several reports came out about how he treated his players and how he apparently did not treat them well. Uh, but you know, Missouri. Yeah, that's a good win on the road you know, for Missouri. And, you know, that bragging rights game, uh, at least like in the last few years, has meant a little more and maybe a little more for the Missouri side of the equation because you know guys like Mark Smith and Jeremiah Tillman, Javon Pickett, you know, they've got a couple wins in a row now. Yeah, and they, I remember it was Pickett last year saying like they wanted to win that game regardless of any other, anything time, else. I mean. Time to turn that back around. It had been a, what, five in a row for Illinois before that? Mm-hmm. And you know, most of the lengthy streaks in the bragging rights rivalry belong to Illinois, but right. Missouri's got the active one. You take one final break here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll do that and be back after this. Moving up on 6 o'clock here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Matthew, what... Uh, What's in your plans in the News Gazette coming up uh, beginning tomorrow morning? Yeah, I got a lot of uh, Illinois Duke coverage. Scott's got a story on uh, Andre Cabello. Uh, Kyle Nikas has uh, got an update on the, the Illinois quarterback situation. And also, too, uh, high school sports. Can't forget about them. We're unveiling the start of our Faces of the Winter photo uh, kind of catalog, I guess you could say, where we uh, highlight three individuals each day, and we'll do that for the next couple months. Scott, you got a feel for the game tomorrow night? You picked yeah. a winner already. Yeah, and I guess I'll... Give it away now. <laughs> Pick Duke. I, just, I think they have some matchup problems for this Illinois team. And really, it's two guys. It's 6'9", Matthew Hurt, and 6'9", Jalen Johnson. And what they can do you know, on the perimeter could be, a, could be a challenge. We look forward to your coverage. Bob, appreciate your time as well, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See yeah. you, Bob. We'll be back with you next uh, Monday night. Matt, thanks. Thank you, Steve. Congratulations, Hall of Famer. Thanks, Steve. Feels yeah. weird. Though. The Illinois Coaches <laughs> Show coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Brad Underwood will not be there. Brian Barnhart will. Lovey Smith will. They'll also talk with Kawan Garris and Deion Thomas on WDWS Champaign Urbana. Steve Kelly for all the guys. Thanks for listening and have a good night.